Kaere mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Now just an update. Um, State Highway 1 Desert Road. That has now reopened, so take extra care as winter driving conditions remain there. On the show, the Auckland Mayor wants to deliver to Auckland what he says is the most beautiful waterfront of any harbour in the world. So, an open-air seawater pool, amphitheatre, Te Ao Māori Showcase Centre, visionary or a shocking waste of money? Text me, 2101. Also, the closer we get to the October 14 election day, the more focus will be placed on political polls. Um, a 101 on how to read the polls this afternoon. And not for the first time, Gloria Vale is at the centre of allegations of sexual abuse. Why do we even allow cults such as these uh, to exist? We discussed that on the show. And there are a lack of Santas in New Zealand, there is a chance that you may not f- hear that familiar ho, ho, ho in your mall uh, this Christmas. And we were discussing great films that you never got round to seeing in the office uh, yesterday. Fight Club, never saw it. Sound of Music, never saw it. Casablanca, Train Spotting, me, I never got round to seeing the Titanic. What about you? Text me 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me, Jeremy Elwood, a comedian, MC commentator. Jeremy, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. And uh, we have a guest stuck in traffic, very, coming very, or stuck in the car park, actually. Uh, <laughs> the lift is, you've got to press the right button. Uh, in this day and age. Oh, you've really clamped down up yeah. here, yeah. The security to get into this building. Isn't like, it? I'm, I'm actually not joking. It is easier to get into the Beehive. Well, uh, so, so, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so Linda's joining us very shortly. But if you have ever owned a lovable but unruly dog or one with a special quirk, you must have been compelled by the level of training on display on this show. Researchers at Massey are wanting to study the traits that give sheepdogs the edge as well as better understand the health problems they tend to suffer from. We have around 200,000 working dogs in Aotearoa, so this program can be very beneficial to their best friends, the farmers. With us is Pat Coogan, the New Zealand Sheepdog Trial Association President. Pat, good to have you on. Yep, kia ora Wallace, how are you? Good Pat, you'd have memories of that show, wouldn't you? Absolutely, I remember them well. We used to watch them on a Sunday night, and um, it was only last year that John Gordon passed away, May last year. Oh, really? Yeah, the South Island Championship. Oh, hang on, Pat, one of our panellists are in the studio, got stuck in the car park. Hi, Linda. Kia ora. Yeah, we're talking about sheepdogs. I was going to say, yeah. I, I'm good with farm dogs. Come uh, on. Uh, uh, well, You're the right sort of person here. Well, uh, <laughs> Come from the country all I the way up on the motorway. <laughs> 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 well, we're talking about Pat. Uh, we're talking about the, 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 these these. Well, tell us the issue, Pat. Can you tell us about the project? Yeah, mate. The, the project basically it's Massey University, um, and they hope to test around about two thousand dogs between over the next twelve months. Um, blood test them, and they're looking. Um, for any defects that they may come up with in bloodlines and dogs. Um, so I'm not 100% sure what is going to come out of it. Um, right. But down the track, 
um, if they our members are volunteering, it's a purely volunteer basis whereby if they wish to get involved, they can and, and get dogs blood tested and see what comes out of it. Um, it's got a couple of little hoops to go through yet. It's got to go through the Essex Committee and one or two other little things, but I think it'll happen there. And um, there's a fair amount of funding put towards it. So um, right across New Zealand, it, not only will it benefit um, dog troll dogs, the, the everyday farm dog, which doesn't make it onto the dog troll scene, no. which is very much a bread and butter job for our nation, um, they will be involved in it as well. So it, here's hoping. Pat, we've got a panel here with us, the everyday farm dog, and they're those dogs that round up the sheep and uh, do the work that we don't hear about. I tell you what you could do is you could just genetically test them, see if they've got any Labrador genes, and then you know they're stupid. <laughs> That would be a good way to get rid of like a whole swathe of them, wouldn't you? Just see if there's any recessive Labrador genes coming through. Is she talking nonsense, Pat? Ah, <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, that's a yes, Jeremy. <laughs> what is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? <laughs> what are you, uh, what, Pat? What are you hoping that this uh, this tr- this troll will find? Are you, are you looking to sort of engineer like a super dog for trolls and, and on the farm, or are you? Uh, is this is there more practical application for this? Um, I think it will be more a genetically thing in in the line of health, uh, mm-hmm. bone structure, perhaps longevity um, um, of of dogs. Some big hunterways sometimes don't last as long as they could due to a bit of bone structure not being right. Um, a dog needs to be quite athletic to to get around hill country. So, um, you know, there's, there's such a thing. In the past, there has been what we call hip dysplasia in dogs, and yeah. that's, that's a bad sort of a fault. Um, so it's those type of things I think they will be looking for. And um, if they find out that they can streamline things a bit better, um, all well and good. They're gorgeous looking dogs, too. gorgeous dogs, aren't they, uh, Linda? They're just such. Oh, well, I mean, I grew beautiful. up on a farm, and so I know the difference between a good dog and a bad dog. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, that's why I was only joking because I've got a pet Labrador who's the stupidest dog you even imagine. Yeah. He, he wouldn't even know a sheep from a cow. So <laughs> they just they seem to be so smart and oh look like so we we've had we had a border collie and you know we had, obviously we had hunterways we had all of the proper you know bred dogs and yeah they're just they're brilliant dogs and totally different to like you know different traits yeah. to what a pet dog would have so if you could just ah. like tap into where that genetics come from and go that way I mean it'd be no different to breeding cows would it Pat that's right that's right yep yeah absolutely I mean uh, if you can fine-tune it a bit more and make, make anything better. It's got to be an improvement, hasn't it? Did mm. Pat, did you ever enter one of your sheepdogs into a dog show? A dog show? The old TV dog show? Yeah. No. No. No, you had to be selected to, to get into oh. that. And at that stage, I wasn't... While I used to watch it, I wasn't really in the game much at all. You could no. just play the theme song. Do, 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 do. Oh, Absolutely. See if the dog's ears perk up, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, right. Sounds like the human business. These auditions are tough <laughs> for the dog show, you know. You just end up on a short list with a whole bunch of dogs that look the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, at, the the, at the end of the day, a dog, you know, dogs are very much like human beings. To get a good dog, you've got to pick the right pup and you've got to rear it properly and 
and a bit like kids, to get a good adult, you it all depends how much time you put in as a child and a teenager, and a pup's no different. You've got to rear that pup properly, steer, get it going nicely, and nurture it along. Yes. And um, at the end of the day, if you put the time in, you generally get something pretty good out the other end. It's wonderful to have you on the uh, the program. Someone says um, uh, we have a black lab cross heading dog. She is very smart. Pat, wonderful to have you on the program. Kia ora, and um, all the best with the uh, uh, the sheep dog trial uh, and association. See that yeah, thank, you, thank you very much. Yeah. Just on another note, we've got the Australian uh, New Zealand test at the Esperton Show on twenty oh. seventh and twenty eighth of October. So four Australians come over here and uh, the best four of our team and we have a team's competition there one on a test on Friday a test on Saturday so yeah. the, the 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 panel will be all over that thank you That's good good on yeah. you Pat Coogan there uh, from the Sheepdog Trial Association there uh, yes indeed uh, what about guide dogs the Labradors um, but so you have a Labrador, do you? They, they don't chase sheep, though. I've got oh, to say. they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, quite a bit of response regarding this waterfront idea. Uh, Mayor of Auckland wants to re-energise uh, the waterfront by doing an open-air seawater pool, uh, a showcase centre, amphitheatre. Some people say it's shocking. What a shocker! Waste of money. Others, here's one here. Dave says visionary. It's brilliant. Uh, then move the navy from Devonport to Marston Point. Anyway, it is time for I've been thinking, Linda. Helen Ann, it's been a while. Good to have you on. I know. Yeah. Um, take it away. What's your IBT? I've been thinking, why would you marry a politician, is what I've been thinking. Because obviously today we've had Justin Trudeau and his wife Sophie come out and admit that, that sadly for them, their marriage is over. And you think, you know, it must be so tough to marry into a political family given the social media climate and all of these things. But also because at the end of the day, everybody is a normal person, right? And I can guarantee you that Justin Trudeau does not unstack the dishwasher. You know, so at the end of the day, he's probably still leaving the toilet seat up and just doing your normal, boring things. And yet you've got to live your whole life now in the public spotlight. And the pressure must be just extraordinary. You know, we've seen all of the stuff that poor old Clark Gayford went through just by virtue of having, you know, a hot girlfriend who happened to be our Prime Minister. And it's, I think it's really sad because these days I think the skills you need to be a politician are just really not the sort of skills that match up with being a great partner. You know, you're away all the time. And, you know, we've seen Kerry Allen, her relationship broke down in the public. It's terrible. It's I don't, I don't know. I think if I was internet dating these days, I'd be like ticking the box that says has no so interest in politics. So you, w- you wouldn't um, uh, want your partner God, to no. enter local body politics? Oh, no. Goodness gracious. I'd have to scrub him online, you know. <laughs> No, but I think that's the problem now is that good people with good, normal, sensible backgrounds, like why would you be drawn into politics? We're going into election year. Because and you want to help people. You want to help others. You want to serve serve your people, serve yeah, your community. Bless you with your little innocent <laughs> well, virtues there over there, well, Wallace. I'm just... I'm just saying. Yeah, but it, and that's the problem, though, is the sort of people who want to do those things are not the sort of people who can stand having their families dragged through the public spotlight. So either the wife has to stay home and do a brona, you know, never be seen and never say anything. You know, what we didn't know anything about her at all, did we, in all the years that John Key was Prime Minister? We didn't really learn a thing about what I'm brona, just trying to think. Did, what we, made did we not? I'm not quite sure. No, not I a can't thing. recall. Yeah. So okay, interesting. Thank times. you, thank you, Linda. That's Linda Hallinan's. I've been thinking that your thoughts on that, and uh, uh, Jeremy Alwood. I've been thinking. Yeah. Um, well, I think actually, Linda, you made a really good point there. And yeah, what worries me is who's going to be left when you know we keep tr- 
keep treating politicians the way we have been. But no, mine's far less philosophical than that. Um, I've been traveling a bit more, which is, which is back to my sort of, you know, pre-COVID normal. And uh, I'll tell you one thing I just think has to change in the New Zealand hospitality scene is the 10 o'clock check-in. Oh. <laughs> Hotels and motels. It's it's a New Zealand thing. Uh, I think possibly in New Zealand, Australia. Is it? But if you, most hotels in Europe, it's 11 o'clock. Most in the, a lot of hotels in the United States or North America, it's noon. What? It's what? Far more civilized. 12 p.m. That's right. Check out. Now, I mean, for me personally, I'm tending to work nights, so I'm getting home late. You know, my party days are behind me, but I'm still finishing work and getting back to my accommodation after midnight. And um, that ten o'clock checkout, it's it sort of seems arbitrary. It's it seems almost kind of punitive. It's very Puritan in a way. It's like you should be up. I hate checking <laughs> into a hotel, about that. and I'm seeing that there's a nice breakfast, but I'm going, yeah, but when am I going to do that? I've got to because I've got to be, you know, check Never out. Never thought about is there a morality to the ten a.m. I think there check is. Out? I believe there is. <laughs> is there a puritanical morality? Because I've always wondered why so early. I think it's what's the problem. I think it's also why we're resistant to changing the nine to five working. Day. You know, we've got this idea in our head that that's what you do. It's sensible. It's, it's, yeah, it's a morality thing. But also from a hospitality point of view, we've got a lot of visitors here for the World Cup at the moment. Um, most of our evening long haul flights leave in the evening. I'm sorry, I just said evening. But our long haul international flights leave at night. So give people that extra hour or two hours to, what, to what relax. What do you suggest then? On the panel this afternoon, what would you like the New Zealand checkout time to be? I think 11 o'clock minimum. I think noon, it just noon be would be nice. Flexible would be even better, though. Where, when, when you're there, you could bid for like an extra hour. Like they have a separate little trade me site or something. Text where, me oh. 2101. Do we have national support for um, <laughs> a, a nationwide 11 a.m. checkout time? Linda. Because isn't the problem, too, like it's not like they can clean all the rooms at 10 o'clock. So couldn't half the rooms be a late checkout? And then, and and then early will, check-in would I, be even I hate better. the idea of having to beg for it. I think it should. 11 o'clock should be standard, 12 o'clock in the nicer places. Okay, so 11 a.m. <laughs> Minimum checkout 2101. Email of the panel at RNZ National. Uh, we have Jeremy Alwood and Linda Hallinan. Lovely to have you company this afternoon.